you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series. DJ Bucky here. And, Buck, first round of the postseason, the wild card weekend has come and gone. And I got to say, man, pretty stoked. It was uh, some good matchups out there. Very good matchups. I think it's um, really interesting for all of this season. We always talk about quarterback play and quarterback-driven league, and it very much is a quarterback-driven league. But what we're seeing, teams that have the better defenses are the ones that are advancing. You also have to commit the resources um, and the investment to the defense to make sure you have a team that is balanced, that can withstand if your quarterback is a little off to continue to be able to play in the playoffs. Yeah, we talked so much about the passing league, but I thought there was kind of a connection here with being able to run the football a little bit as well as uh, being able to play some great defense. That was key in the four wild card games. I thought we just kind of go takeaway-wise game by game and roll through it here and start off first with the Tennessee Titans-Kansas City Chiefs game. And uh, the big takeaway here, man, the Titans' offensive line, I thought they dominated this ballgame. Third and nine. Gives it to Henry. Mariota gives him a block. Henry's got the first down. Inside the 30. Inside the 25. And down with a first down after a 22-yard game. Kansas City will utilize their final timeout with 139 to go. But that is going to ice it for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, look, that was uh, a way to finish the ball game there. If you're a fan of the Tennessee Titans, they were the more physical team. I thought they made a concerted effort to run the football. The Kansas City Chiefs, I think, what was that stat, Bucky? They uh, they gave Kareem Hunt six carries in the first quarter and five in the in the last three quarters. I mean, it's unbelievable that a team that had the lead in Russia didn't utilize him. But on the Tennessee Titans side, I, look, when they fell behind 21-3, to I wondered if they were going to be able to play the game the way that we thought that they would have to play to win, meaning they were going to have to grind it out, kind of lean on the big back and Mariota to run the ball. And they did it, but they did it in a different way. I think the Tennessee Titans kind of fell into an identity and fell into a playing style that I believe that they should adopt going forward. Obviously, Marcus Mariota was comfortable in the second half when they sped up the pace. They went up-tempo. They allowed him to utilize his legs and to run, and to also do some of the things that he did at Oregon, 
when they were able to do those things, we saw Marcus Mariota play like the player that won the Heisman Trophy. I believe this has to be who they are going forward. And I think they're able to do it while also helping Derrick Henry play the way that he needs to play as a physical running back. Yeah, they gave him a heavy load, 23 carries, a buck 56 on the ground. I thought just that offensive line, Taylor Lewan, that left side, they dominated when they needed to get first downs, needed to grind out tough yards. They were able to get that done. Mariota not played crisp early, missed some throws, had an interception, but I thought once he started running around and making some plays with his legs, that kind of loosened him up a little bit. And when they needed to have the big throw, the touchdown to, uh, to Decker, thought he was on time, he was in rhythm, nice velocity, perfect placement. So, Look, he didn't he didn't have a huge game, but when he did make that one big throw, I thought he got it done. I give him a lot of credit because he missed a layup. He had a wide open Corey Davis streaking down the sideline to play before. Didn't get it, misconnected, came back and threw a dart to Eric Decker down the seam. I think the big thing for Marcus Mariota, that was the best that I've seen him play in a long time. He had been struggling, uh, kind of limping to the finish. Came up in a big way. And I think the message that we heard from the outside, the veterans went to Marcus Mariota and told him that he had to kind of be himself, like play, run around, do some things that could overcome the quote-unquote coaching. I believe when he did that and he trusted himself and leaned and used on his athleticism, he's a much better player. I think if you're the coaching staff, you have to understand who he is and what he is and encourage him to play the way that he's always played, just like he played at Oregon. Nice thing having a big weapon like Kelsey is is when you're rolling, you can feed him and you can your offense can roll through him. I just didn't think the Chiefs adjusted well. Once he went out of the game, he got that concussion. The offense just fell apart. They took away Tyreek Hill. He did nothing the rest of the contest. I thought it was at that point in time the time to say Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing. This is when we're going well is when you're rushing the ball and not giving him the ball after the Kelsey injury and not being able to get any rhythm offensively. It was just a, it was a weird, weird game to watch from a Chiefs perspective. <laughs> weird game to watch. Um, I think there are a couple of different things at play. One, Andy Reid is a guy that just prefers to pass the ball. And some of the issues that happened with their play calling early, which led them to give the play calling sheet to Matt Nagy, was due to them being out of balance. During that streak where they were 1-4, and 1-5 and five in the middle of the season, uh, they weren't running the ball. It was a direct correlation and connection to Kareem Hunt not being heavily involved I think this played out in this game for whatever reason they deviated got away from the run game Um, Andy Reen is prone to do that but I think with Matt Nagy maybe some of that is the wanting to show off to maybe your potential employers that look I'm got a couple interviews right after that you know let me let me throw it all over the yard show people that I can really get the quarterback going I think they they missed out on a huge opportunity because the running back is a special running back in terms of his ability to chew up yards, not only as a runner but as a receiver. He has to get more touches in the playoffs because your stars are the team, are the guys that kind of carry you to the winner's circle. They need to let their guys kind of do that for them. Later on in the week, we'll have, uh, we'll have a preview there of that game with the Tennessee Titans traveling to take on the New England Patriots. So we won't, uh, won't spend any time doing that right now. But Kansas City, they're done. They're out of the playoffs. Big off-season focus for them, I think. you got to figure out Alex Smith. It sounds like maybe he's done. Maybe he's done in Kansas City. You might be shopping him around, and Patrick Mahomes Sound, could I, be uh, I can't wait taking for, the reins. I can't wait for Sully to drop in, boys, and boys to me, and end of the road because oh, it may be <laughs> yeah, the end right. of the road for Alex Smith. And I think there are a couple of reasons why this may be the end for Alex Smith. One, you have Pat Mahomes, who played well in Week 17. He was a top 10 pick. They invested a lot in him. Maybe they want to get him going uh, based on this salary cap situation, sort it out, get rid of the older quarterback, who is actually probably at the high point of his marketability. This is a guy coming off the best season of his career, 26 touchdowns, only five interceptions, led the league with a 104.7 passer rating. 
There are a lot of teams that need quarterbacks. There are plenty of teams that will be happy to have a guy like Alex Smith. This may be the opportunity for the Chiefs to move him to help their own squad as they go forward with Pat Mahomes. you got to remember, too, the Chiefs, no first-round pick. That was traded last year to get Mahomes. Got to get that back. So maybe they can recoup some picks here if they turn around and trade Alex Smith, at least get – uh, and look, what they give up two twos for him. Give up two twos, they should be able to get a one for him. Yeah, we'll see what they can they can fetch there. All right, let's move on to the Atlanta Falcons going on the road as you predicted and taking out the Los Angeles Rams twenty six to thirteen in that ball game. Bucky, your big takeaway was what? The Falcons' offense was balanced. Ryan gets the snap, spins right hands off to Freeman. He got a block. He's over the center. He's between the hash marks. He's digging. He's turning. He's edging his way in for the touchdown for Atlanta. It's caught by Sanu, got a block at the 40, runs by the 50, foot race to the 40, angles his way to the near side, 30, the 20th foot race to the 10, he's inside the 10, and down to the Rams, 7. Well, there you go. You hear a little bit of uh, that balance there with Freeman and Sanu. I thought they did a nice job really running the ball when they needed to, Bucky, and when it was time to make a play, even in some weird field conditions with the quarterback Matt Ryan slipping all over the place. He found a way to make some big throws in that game. Yeah, Matt Ryan is still not what he was last year, but I'm beginning to see this offense rounding the form. They were able to play a very methodical game. Uh, Matt Ryan did a good job of distributing the ball to the playmakers. We saw Julio Jones get off. We saw Mohamed Sanu make some plays. Austin Hopper also played a critical role. But the big thing for this offense is they were able to really set their defense up. Long, sustained drives, ball control type. We're able to play keep away from the Rams a little bit. And I think their defense played well because they weren't exposed to a high volume of plays. I think this is the way that the Falcons need to play. And I think they're only going to get better and better now that they're in the tournament. This is a team that I thought was dangerous because their experience from last year would help them. Now they're beginning to be able to play out of kind of the hangover that has been with them all season because the way they lost Super Bowl. You use that phrase, and I use it often. I copy you with the feed the pig uh, phase uh, phrase. You get in big games. To me, you go into the big games with your big guns, and you get them the football, whether that's running backs or receivers. Julio Jones with nine catches on ten targets. They got him involved, fed him the ball. And I thought Devontae Freeman and Coleman, I thought getting both those backs 14-plus carries, 14 carries for Coleman, 18 for Freeman. That was a nice balance that they had there, but they also featured their stars and Julio Jones is a guy capable, in my opinion, like a Larry Fitzgerald was a few years back, yep. of, of making that run in a postseason. He can put a team on his back. From the Rams side of things, look, I, I didn't think Jared Goff was that bad. I thought they had some drop balls. Uh, just wasn't as dynamic, you know, from an from a attack standpoint. I didn't think yep. they were quite as aggressive, maybe, as, as they had been during the regular season. I thought the uh, the Falcons did a good job of limiting those big plays. But I didn't really feel like I, I didn't feel like this was too big for the Rams. That the Rams laid an egg. I just thought the Falcons were kind of the better team. I felt like the Falcons were better prepared for the situation. The one thing that shows up or shows up when you study the Rams, they're a team that pretty much operate with that 20-yard box in the passing game. They don't necessarily push the ball down the field much. They have kind of these complementary weapons and Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that have been able to kind of sustain drives. But the guy that they needed, the guy that they brought over, Sammy Watkins, as the big play threat, I don't believe they did a great enough job of utilizing him. He is someone that needs to touch the ball early and often. His speed is a factor. And the one thing that I think is interesting that we haven't seen for Sammy Watkins, not only in Buffalo but the Rams, I don't understand why these teams don't give him the ball more on these bubble screens or wide receiver screens. That's what he did at Clemson. If you go back and look at his tape when he was coming out, 
He killed opponents with those plays. They need to get him some of those touches early. So now when you come back to him in the fourth quarter and say, hey, Sam, we need a play, I think he's comfortable and engaged. I think that's one thing that they can look at and explore in the offseason when they make the decision whether to retain him, sign him, whatever they want to do if he comes back to the Rams. You need to be a little more firm down there in the red zone. I thought he had a chance to catch that ball at the yes. end of the game. Just wasn't quite strong enough to get that done. Offseason-wise for them, to me, number one on the list, you got to get a long-term contract with Aaron Donald. He was the best player Oh, my field. God, best player on the field. So we'll see if they can uh, get that done in the offseason. The Atlanta Falcons, they will travel on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles and Nick Foles, a game where a lot of folks are predicting the Falcons, the sixth seed, uh, to go out there and get a win against Philadelphia. We'll preview that game a little bit later on in the week. Uh, Let's keep things moving, though, here, Bucky. Number three game on the week, the Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Why don't you give us a takeaway here because this is the Bucky Brooks Bowl. You're too (laughs) fast. The Jaguars' defense can single-handedly carry them to Super Bowl 52. Peterman looks to the far side. The throw popped up in the air. Interception attempt. Jalen Ramsey. He's got it. And it's over. The Jacksonville Jaguars' defense gets it done when you look at this jacksonville jaguars defense we've talked about it um, on multiple occasions this is a team defensively that is built the right way to play in today's game they can create pressure up front without having to blitz they have lockdown corners on the outside they have outstanding athletes at linebacker that can erase mistakes they have everything that you look for and i believe as we look at what they have in front of them the pittsburgh steelers and possibly the new england patriots they match up well with both of those squads if their defense doesn't mess it up i do believe this if their offense doesn't mess it up i do believe their defense can get them to the final game and what was your takeaway on uh on blake bortles buck and and what he did in this game i know uh obviously didn't do much throwing but man he did to give him credit he did find a way to impact the game with his legs and uh man when they needed yards especially into the first half that was big for them to go down there and get some points he rattled off two long runs so uh, while it was an ugly performance through the air, I thought you got to give Blake Bortles some credit what he did with his legs. Yeah, you got to give him credit. He found a way to win the game. Ultimately, that's all you're trying to do, find a way to advance. Um, didn't have his best game, didn't have his A game, missed some things. There should have been some layups. But he made enough plays with his legs to keep his team in the game. Has to have a grip where he could practice. They're going to need to score more than 10 points to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they should have a lot of confidence coming off a win up there early in the season. It'll be different. But I think they should be a very confident team heading into Pittsburgh. We talked about it going into the game that the uh, the veterans there on that defensive line, Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, two free agents they've brought over there over the last couple of years with postseason experience. I thought they were huge in this game. Lots of penetration, a lot of knockback at the line of scrimmage. Try and get that run game with uh, Shady McCoy. Try and control that as well as play the run on the way to the passer. And I thought when you look at Yannick Ngakwe, the pressure, he was able to get Fowler at the big play at the end of the game, unfortunately, uh, which ended up knocking out Tyrod Taylor. But all their guys, second level with those linebackers, with Telvin Smith running sideline to sideline, Miles Jack and coverage was outstanding. You know about the corners and even the safeties getting involved. So this is a defense I think compares pretty favorably to that Broncos defense that carried Peyton Manning and company for a Super Bowl. So they can get on a run here right on the back of that defense. They absolutely can get on a run. This, this defense can not only shut you down, but they can take it away. And because they have the ability to take the ball away, they can put their – offense in favorable situations on short fields and that is everything that they need to do this is a physical team a team that really can set the tone with their toughness and physicality 
I really like the Jaguars. I wish the quarterback would play better, and maybe he'll play better next week. I really like what they have going. We'll see how they match up in the postseason. Is this a first time in history in an NFL playoff game that the color commentator could have started for either team at the time? <laughs> it might be the first time. I'm just trying to think of one. I, I mean, don't know. I can't think of one. We're off the field. The, the only Aikman, thing, maybe when Aikman had just come on. The only thing, I think he probably could have started in Jacksonville and Buffalo. The way Tyrod Taylor was taking a lot of shots. Yeah, he wouldn't I don't last. know if he would have lasted. But maybe we got the ball out quicker. Yeah, that's true. That, look, Buffalo Bills, good news for them. Uh, they are picking 21 and 22. That pick that we mentioned that the Chiefs had to part with, that belongs to the Buffalo Bills. How about that trade, by the way? They slide back to tw- in the late 20s, and they end up getting uh, Tredavious White with that pick, who was a home run pick. Has played like a top 10 player. So tremendous value there. Now they've got a couple ones. I think they've got five pretty early picks in this draft. So we'll have plenty of time to focus on the Buffalo Bills. They're like the Browns' little brother in this draft. The Browns kind of run the draft with all their picks, but the Bills aren't far behind. They have an opportunity to make a lot of improvements. When you look at the roster there, though, what's the any, any big big decisions you look at? Well, I think the big decision, I think they got to upgrade the talent. I think they traded away a lot of big-time players. You think about Marcel Darius going, think about Ron Darby, Robert, Robert Woods. Woods in free agency, Sammy Watkins going. They lost a lot of what we call blue players. And, look, it's a nice story that they were able to kind of play in a workmanlike blue-collar fashion and get to the postseason. But what we see is in each round in the postseason, the talent level changes. And I felt like even though they were able to keep this game close, Jacksonville was the more talented team. For Buffalo, I think it's very important that in this draft they have to get some blue players. I don't know if you can get those guys at 21 and 22. Do they trade up? I need to feel like they really need to get a legitimate playmaker, and that playmaker on the passing game should probably come as a veteran free agent. But in the draft, they got to get some difference makers. I think this is a team that needs more difference makers on both sides of the ball. Yeah, that's going to be the uh, the challenge there. I do think, though, this team, for the discipline that they lacked in previous years, I think they are a much more disciplined Absolutely. team now under Sean McDermott. Now you hit, you touched on it, just get a little more talent and get involved. Yeah, more talent, more discipline equals more wins. And so they need to upgrade the talent that they currently have. But this is a team that you have to like the style of play. You have to like what Sean McDermott has done in terms of making it a very disciplined and organized football team. You hear from people all over the league say, look, they're not going to beat themselves. They may not be the most talented bunch, but they play the game the right way. Now when you add some pieces to that, you should get a better effort and it should be able to go farther in the postseason. I'm with you 100%. All right, Buck, let's jump into the last game, which I think was the most entertaining game of Wild Card Weekend. That was the Carolina Panthers in the New Orleans Saints in a game that had all kinds of ebbs and flows. But uh, the one big takeaway, I think we – talking about this over in the studio was that uh, man when it comes down to the postseason it helps to have a guy like Drew Brees. Brees steps away from pressure throwing over the middle got a man open caught at the 40 steps away at the 30 and 10 into the races down the sideline at the 10 to the 5 diagonal into the end zone for the touchdown. Yeah when you think about the way playoff football is constructed we talk about it being a quarterback driven league in the playoffs you it it's such a luxury to have a veteran quarterback that knows how to get your team to the winner's circle. For the entire season, the New Orleans Saints has been driven, they have been driven by their terrific running back tandem. But when they needed their quarterback to step up, he did. Drew Brees was outstanding. They had a 300-yard game, made every play that needed to be made. And even though on fourth and two at the end of the game to try to get Drew Brees to win it, he had an interception. It really doesn't take away for how brilliant his performance was. So now when you look ahead to the division round with him going to Minnesota, you just have to feel good about the New Orleans Saints because you know 
in a pinch, Drew Brees, Case Keenum, you're probably going to lean to number nine. Yeah, in this ball game, I mean, I think you saw the Carolina Panthers come out and say, "We're not going to let you run the football. We're going to take that away from you." You look at Kamara with the uh, Kamara with 23 yards, Ingram with 22 yards. They did a great job. Look, gave up 1.9 yards a carry. That's what that that. Well, that's uh, the strategy. Carolina the strategy Panthers is different. Did. For so long, we so used to thinking about with New Orleans, oh, we don't want Drew Brees to get off. But the Saints have proven this year they're a different team. They're a run-first team, and you have to take away the running backs and see if their playmakers in the passing game can get it done. This week they were able to do it. We'll see if that strategy will continue for other teams that they face going forward. Yeah, and I thought in this game and from the receiver department, Michael Thomas, we talk about him all the time. What, what a big game for him. I thought one of the key plays, the third down when the Panthers had a chance to get them off the field and they hit a back shoulder throw, line him up in the slot, and then just kind of we always talk about those verticals from the slot and then being able to throw a back shoulder throw there with Captain Marlin in coverage. It was just it was stealing. Just unbelievable accuracy from Drew Brees, but also – the Saints' creativity when it comes to their formations, everyone is versatile. They can put anybody anywhere. So from a defensive standpoint, it really makes it hard to erase whoever you elect to designate to be the guy that you want to double team or bracket. They do such a tremendous job of putting pressure on you just from their formation deployment that they can create big plays. And when you have a quarterback like Breeze who is very, very accurate to use your term, he can fit the ball in the mailbox. Even though he may have lost some of that arm strength in terms of range, his accuracy and ball placement remains at the top of the game. And it's one of the reasons why that passing game, even though it's become more small ball, is still effective because they can stretch you in so many different ways. And I thought pressure-wise they were able to get after Cam Newton, got to him four times and did it with, with their front guys. You, you look at Sheldon Rankins and Cam Jordan getting after the quarterback. Tyler Davidson ended up with a sack, uh, a big sack there. That was the play, I believe, where Cam ended up getting hurt. Um, so, look, they, they generated a lot of pressure on Cam Newton with their defensive front, and then I thought they did a nice job on the other side of things, taking away Cam as a runner. We, we said before the game, Cam, I think six rushing attempts the second time they played, three rushing attempts the first time, and uh, in this game he ran the ball eight times but only 37 yards, never one carry more than 10 yards. So they did a nice job of containing Cam as a rusher, which I thought was key. They did. Their defense has made a tremendous improvement. And part of the reason they can be improved on defense is because they can cover. When you can cover in the back end, it allows you to devote more resources and more people to making sure that you can contain Cam Newton. Also, because they're able to really cover on the outside, Devin Funches was a non-factor. They did a pretty good job on Christian McCaffrey for most of the day. Greg Olson leaked out the second half. But overall, their coverage was spectacular and it allowed their front to be able to get after Cam Newton. Christian McCaffrey had that 56-yard uh, gain, put him over 100 yards, right at 101. Greg Olson, 8 for 107. But Funches actually ended up with 79 yards. The, to me, when I look at this, when we just look at the box score on here, it kind of sh- shows you the fact they just they couldn't run the ball. I mean, they Cam, 349 the through the air, but they had no run game. Couldn't run the ball and didn't cash in when they were in the red zone. Having to settle for field goal Missed opportunities field goal. early in the game, came back to bite them. In the playoffs, you have to get sevens. You can't settle for threes. We're seeing the difference between being able to be a team that can score versus a team that has to kind of settle for those layups, those outside shots. So Carolina Panthers are out. We'll preview the Saints and the Vikings a little bit later on in the week. But Carolina Panthers offseason-wise, when you when you look at this ball club, I still think trying to get a big-time explosive player on the outside has to be something they're looking for. It has to be. I mean, last year they, they – Kind of double down on it. You talked about double down draft strategy. They took Christian McCaffrey. They took Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was a non-factor for the team this year. They need to get something out of him. They also need a dominant player on the outside. 
in the passing game. Make Funches a two. Of, Make Funches a two. Absolutely. Outside of Greg Olson, look, to continue to get the kind of production you got out of Greg Olson, like that's great, but you can't depend on a 10-plus-year veteran to continue to be that guy. They need to find someone who can stretch the field, can do some different things in the passing game to really get that vertical attack back. What we saw today is they still miss that Ted Ginn-type player. they got to take the top off the defense and, and flip the field with those plays. But I also believe the same thing that comes up and has been true for the last couple of years. Their offensive line, to me, still remains a weakness. Cam takes a lot of shots, and I know we talk about his running style and the way they use him, but I think they have to use him because the offensive line doesn't dominate at the point of attack like they should. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they end up doing there in the offseason. Carolina Panthers, got to keep in mind they have a new ownership. Uh, Mr. Richardson selling the team after all the A lot of different things, have, a lot of so. change coming. A lot of change coming. So it'll be interesting offseason for the Carolina Panthers. Big win for the Saints, though. They march on to Minnesota as the uh, playoffs move on next week with some great matchups. So uh, make sure you're tuning in to Move the Sticks on uh, Tuesday, Thursday. We'll have some big-time shows as well as some video previews for these games. We'll get you all dialed in as well as recap the national championship game uh, Monday evening. So if you're listening to this on Monday morning, that's coming up tonight. That should be a fun one with Georgia and Alabama squaring off. I think that's all we got here. You got anything else you want to throw in there, Buck? Uh, that's it. We got to get ready for that Tuesday pie. Yeah, that's coming your way. Hey, Sully, thanks. Nice job. Behind the glass, fun wild card weekend in the NFL, and I think it's only going to get better from this point forward. We move on in the postseason. This has been Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky, Move the Sticks, presented by the Ford F-Series, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.